Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Nigga. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when you come up. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, we're previewing the Workday Charity Open, the first of two at Jack's Place uh, this week. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick. My normal co-host is on vacation, enjoying life, hopefully golfing, as it sounds like, Jesse. So I have a quality, quality replacement fill-in, however you want to phrase it. But a good friend of the show, good friend of the Slack chat, good friend of many in the golfing community. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin's Delight. Kevin, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good, thanks, Bubba. How you doing? Good, good. It's good to sit down and chat with you, talk a little golf. Uh, your yeah, 4K, absolutely. obviously. So uh, it's a beautiful thing. You've been on fire between gambling picks, uh, DFS picks. So it'd be fun to to pick your brain a little bit tonight. Yeah, it's been uh, been a little good run for me, and, and having a good time with it. And uh, the Slack's awesome. Great to have guys in there chatting it up every week, and and glad to be a part of uh, what you're doing. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. It's glad to have guys like you and others that are that are into uh, making it work. So that's always a good deal. Um, let's do a quick recap of the Rocket Mortgage. It was, it depended on what part of, I guess, Twitter or the golf community you looked at. It was either people absolutely hated it because this people despise Bryson DeChambeau or people absolutely loved it because he's just putting on this freak show that we haven't seen in a long time. What did you think of Bryson? Like we've seen the development of him just bombs away and picking his, his way around a golf course. But what did you think about him actually putting it all together on the green from the tee, getting the W? It's crazy, isn't it? To see a guy hit the ball that far and be able to control his irons the way he does. Um, you know, 17 coming down the stretch, hitting, what, seven or eight iron from 220 yards into the par five. Um, and the perfect example of how important his distance is is that wedgie hit into the 72nd hole that he was able to stop and spin versus a guy like Armour who had 171, had to hit a seven iron or so in that bounds over the back of the green. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's unbelievable how important that distance is and – if he figures out that wedge game at all, he's going to be pretty tough to beat. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I'm not the the foremost expert in all the you know approach uh, tee to green stats and all that stuff, how they measure them out. But I saw someone, uh, somebody like Ben Coley or someone that you know gets paid to write and everything, talking about it after Saturday's round that he's seventieth um, in the field, which was basically last in a, an approach to the green, which was pretty wild when you think about it. And the guy goes, "Wait a minute." He's driving it so far, he doesn't qualify for most of the approaches. They're counting his chip shots. So yeah, like, yeah. we got to step back on that one because it, it is crazy. Like you're saying, you watch him hit it, and he's done it for, for a few weeks now. Like I told someone, like he doesn't ever play pebble. I wish he would because it's a short course and he could do goofy stuff like this out there. I would love to just follow him for a practice round when he has his goofy protractor out and stuff, and he's probably figuring out on a, on the, the map – Okay, if I go this direction over here, I, <laughs> I can do this. It would be fun just to watch him bombs it. But uh, It's funny, though, because when it works out, everyone thinks he's a genius. When it doesn't work out, he's just an idiot that takes way too much time. Yeah, no, it'll be pretty crazy in that respect, too, because people did think he was just nuts. He's getting big. That's not going to work. We've seen that, all these things. Do you, you, you as a very, very good golfer, as a golf pro, uh, do you think that's actually going to be like a long-term plan that maybe others embrace or is this kind of a unique thing that only a few can pull off? I think it's unique. I don't know how many guys have that ability to to put in not only the time, but to change their physical body the way that he has over the last couple months with uh, everything going on in the world around us. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that everyone can do. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty wild what he's done, and we'll see if he can keep doing it. You know, he gets in a little fight with the camera guy, and then he goes and wins, and he's Bryson being Bryson. So I've learned to embrace it. I, I just think it's an, it's an awesome show. Like I remember the old days, old days like a year ago, when DJ was like one of the big hitters, and he still is obviously, but I always wondered why some of these guys, DJ Brooks, a lot of them, They'll, they'll they'll crush it, but like Brooks is one of the worst guys in finding the fairway. But they don't care because they say if I miss fifty yards past you, my approach shot's still easier. So Brooks, yeah. like it never made sense to me because I don't hit it that far. Then you see Bryson do it, even when he was missing over the weekend, he was still having like easy chip outs. Like it's just it was, it was crazy. So looking forward to that. Uh, any other takeaways from the week? Because you know Wolf did his thing. I think he's going to be kind of an up and down guy all the time. You saw Armor; he's he's on a, quite the run right now. A lot of uh, a lot of interesting names up there on the leaderboard. Yeah, it was cool to see. And the thing with Wolf is, you know, shooting sixty four on Friday, sixty four on Saturday. You knew at some point it was going to catch up to him. You, you can't follow up great back to back rounds with a third, let alone a second sixty four that he did on Saturday. So you, you kind of knew Sunday was going to be a tough deal for him. And um, Bryson was the guy that caught him. And there weren't many guys in the field that was going to be able to catch Matt Wolf anyway. Yeah, you figured it was either Bryson or Webb was probably going to come and, and do their thing because Webb's another guy that uh, you you know Webb from the Carolina area that he seems to people are finally starting to grasp how good he really is. It took a while because of the putter and everything, but he, he's playing well. There's just a lot of good golf being played. I guess I don't know if it's we're getting spoiled because we're getting outside of last week such loaded fields on, on a regular basis again, and we're going to yeah. get another one this week. But it, it's been fun getting golf back because I know you and I are baseball fans and everything and everything else looks kind of murky in the rest of the sports world, but golf looks Dang. like, you know, not even one t- positive test last week. Like, yeah. It's yeah. So yeah, it like, was tough early. I was, I was on Twitter and the Rockies released their schedule and two minutes later they deleted the schedule and everyone, all the Rockies fans on there were thinking, Oh <laughs> shit, there goes the season. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's just going to be one of those like things every day. It's going to be something new. He's going to kind of try to keep the uh, even keeled balance of everything. Cause it's going to be a roller coaster ride. But um, we'll move on from the Rocket Mortgage. It's a fun fun tournament, but uh, we head to Jack's Place for the Workday Charity Open. The first time doing this, obviously, so there's no past event history. Usually it's the Memorial, which will be next week. It's going to get back-to-back at the same course, but it will have a different flair. And Kevin and I kind of attacked the course preview together, but we, we've we heard it's going to be around 7,300-ish yards. going to be a little shorter than when they play the regular Memorial. They're talking about – some holes they might play in, like where we call the whites. They'll, they'll move things around and make that a little different. The rough's going to be a little shorter. Green's a little slower. It's going to rain a good amount over the weekend, a good chances to soften things up. When you think of Jack's place, Kevin, like what kind of approach or how, how would you describe the golf course? I think it's a bigger ballpark than we've seen the last few weeks. Obviously, last week in Detroit being a Don Ross, and then the week before that, or two weeks before that in Harbortown, you know, smaller bar, ballparks were. Uh, maybe driving wasn't the most important thing. I think uh, driving is pretty important here. Um, to me, tee to green and approach is going to be very, very important looking back at the last couple of years. Um, the rough's probably going to be pretty uh, pretty thick and juicy, kind of like it was at, at Detroit towards the end there. Um, it's going to be a very interesting two weeks to see uh, back-to-back at the same course, and I'm really looking forward to the upcoming weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because there's still like Rory and Bryce, and they're taking this week off. Tiger's supposed to play next week. We'll see if that happens. So a lot of these guys this week will play with. It's 156 players this week, where next week's 120. So that's going to be – we're going to get it cut down with some other big hitters coming in. And like you were saying before the show, I think it's a good point, and we'll have to revisit it next week. You think it'll feel kind of like a U.S. Open. You want to let the listeners know why? 
Yeah, it sounds like for the second week, they're probably going to back it up a little bit, let the rough continue to grow throughout this first week. And then obviously Jack's about to do some pretty big renovations, it sounds like, to the golf course uh, after the back-to-back week. And and so I'd imagine that the greens are going to get pretty uh, pretty quick going into the uh, the second week. Uh, may feel more like a U.S. Open, at least from from what I understand. The rough's going to continue to grow. The greens are continue to, to be really quick. Um, so so next week's going to be really interesting. This week's obviously going to be a lot of fun, but seeing the smaller field next week at 120 players and, and all the players, the top players in the world will be playing next week. Yeah, it's going to have that major feel to it. This week they're talking about about 11.5 on the stamp. Next week about 13.5. So that's a big change of pace if they let it dry out. Um, the rough this week, 3.5 to 4 inches, give or take. Next week they're talking closer to 5 or more. Like you're saying, it's going to be one of those deals – that could be quite interesting. And usually this golf course, you know, and pretty much all golf in general, unless it's a real easy pitch and putt, you got to stay in the fairway. It's all about approach game, stuff along those lines. Um, tons of bunkers on this course. There's 73 bunkers in place. And Jack, when Jack, the Nicholas designs, he's all about making you hit it to a certain spot to approach it in. He's not letting you just kind of go crazy with it. It's, uh, you know, you need to be on this side of the fairway to come in this way. He really emphasizes those things. But they're also gettable if you do that. Um, it's not Mirrorfield Village is obviously not as easy as like you know the courses out there when we see like the old Bob Hope and stuff. Those are birdie machines. But this is still a, a scorable course if you do it right. There's also 11 holes where water comes into play, so that could always be entertaining. But um, when you're looking at you know getting ready to build your rosters, I know you got your your model in place. What kind of key stats are you looking for this week? Uh, looking back at the last couple of years. The most important one to me is tee to green, followed by approach. Um, greens and reg is a, is a is a big deal to me. Um, par five scoring, having uh, four par fives on the golf course, two of which are pretty gettable. Um, being under par on the par fives this week is going to be a big deal. Some bogey avoidance, and and uh, those are the the key stats for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, putting it's bent grass greens for those keeping track at home and. You know, we say week to week, it's always, you know, who gets the hot putter because that's who's going to run. Well, Bryson gained over seven strokes putting. He was going to probably win regardless, but uh, when you're putting that well, it makes it even easier for you. Uh, Matthew Wolf struggled at putting. We saw him miss a 14-foot eagle putt that could have made things interesting going into 18. But uh, them the breaks, as they say. But, yeah, get it off the tee. Good approach came in is definitely something. And then um, around the green, usually not as important, but uh, you definitely want to to score in those par, uh, par fives, as you were saying. Before we get into the DraftKings picks for the week, a couple of notes from FanshareSports.com. If you use promo code ALWAYSPRESS, get 20% off the package of your choice at ALWAYSPRESS, one word. Uh, just kind of since we have kind of consecutive events now, last five events, if you look at recent form, Victor Hovland's leading the field as he's playing very, very good golf. Cantlay, Hadwin, Hadwin uh, Xander, a couple of guys that stand out near the top there. When you look at the last six events on Bentgrass Greens, um, guys that love putting on bent. Patrick Cantley is averaging almost 106 DK points per tournament. Uh, JT, Patrick Reed, Hideki, who we'll definitely be talking about. Sungjae and Woodland round out the top five or six there. And then last but not least, just kind of par 72, 7,200 to 7,400 yards, which is we haven't I haven't seen an official scorecard, but it's supposed to be around 7,300, give or take. Uh, John Rom, he's crushing these kind of size fields at 100 and almost two DK points. Rose, Matsuyama, Reed, Strepka, and Cantley. So there's a couple names that keep overlapping if you uh, put two and two together in those scenarios. But as we know, each week, each round, each swing can be different. Kevin can attest to that. I can attest to that. Anybody who plays golf can attest to that. Things change rapidly. 
So let's get into DK scoring, Kev. But before we do, actually, let me ask you a couple questions because we haven't had you on the show in a while. I know you've been doing a lot of multi-entering and you have different strategies in your, in your tournaments. How do you go about uh, building things, especially in these fields of 156 golfers, which is way more than we're used to? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of guys. And obviously with the, the cut line moving to, uh, to less players this past year, um, you've really got to try and be smart on on selecting your core, whether your core is three players, four players, five players, even some guys do the, the core cascading deal that uh, Rick Rungood does and pick six players and just kind of remove a couple guys here and there. Um, you've really got to make sure that you're doing your best to get six of six, three, which is obviously very difficult. And over the last couple of weeks has been more and more difficult, but, but definitely trying to find guys. It's almost like you almost want to build a cash line up every week with a few hidden gems that you feel are, are, are going to make the cut and potentially contend. Um, so there's definitely some strategy with, you know, looking at that bottom tier, you know, 7,200 and lower where you can find one or two guys that you can kind of hit your wagon to and hope they make you some good money. No, I like that approach a lot. I talk about it most weeks. I, I do three lineups, one of them being a cash lineup. And the cash usually works out the best, just how it seems to go. Yeah. Because when it's, um, you know, T65 and ties like you talk about, I know it sounds simple in the name of the game, six of six, but it's even harder to do now. Like it's just, it's that, it's, it, you can get cute if you want to get in the big tournaments, like, uh, you know, the 20 maxes and mores like that you guys like to play in. So you're going to have to be a little different, like you said, but I think a key point you made there is you can still have like four guys that are kind of a cash feel and just get different in one or two spots. And I, I try to emphasize that a lot. You don't have to be unique everywhere. You can have, you can eat all the chalk if one or two guys are different. So, and look at all the big names that have missed the cut over the last three weeks, right? You've had JT miss the cut. You've had Reed miss, miss one. You had Justin Rose miss one. Um, some of these big names that, that people kind of uh, really gravitate to have burned them. Yep. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's the size of these fields. You know, just a couple bad swings that can get real good, especially in a birdie fest. In a birdie fest, a lot of guys are live. So yeah, um, that makes it real interesting. Next week, we'll see how that goes. But uh, this week, I expect to see some scoring as well. Um, let's get into those DK scoring. And, and you know it's a, a better field than last week when we have six guys over 10K, and they're all darn legit. JT at 11-1 coming off that missed cut you mentioned took last week off. Uh, John Rahm, 10-9. Cantley, 10-8. Brooks, 10-4. Xander 10-2, and Hideki, who's got great course history here at 10,000. In the 10K and above range, Kev, who are you uh, looking at here? Well, obviously, Hideki's uh, past success here has been incredible, um, and and most guys are going to look at his finish last week uh, and, and probably gravitate toward him, especially since he's the lowest price in this range. Um, he's had a win here. He's at three top 10s, a 13th, a 45th. I mean, his record speaks for himself, and his finish last week was good. If his putter gets hot at all, I'd love to have some Matsuyama. Um, JT, I probably won't play much of JT. His record's been a little iffy here. Um, three missed cuts since 2014, so he's he's pretty high beta here. 37th, 4th, and 8th. Um, either really good or he's, he's trunk slamming and uh, costing us all a bunch of money. So I'll probably stay away from JT for the most part. Um, but if I had to rank him, I'd go Matsuyama, Kepka, and then probably uh, probably X. Uh, I do obviously like Patrick Cantlay here. Um, I'm not a big fan of playing guys that won on the course the year before. It's awfully hard to defend, even though this isn't the true memorial. Um, and he was great uh, when he came back. But I just I I'll stay off uh, I'll stay off Patrick this week. Yeah, I think I'll try to get my Cantley love next week when there's a, a deeper field and he's probably like ninety five hundred bucks and lower owned. I think I might go that direction. Uh, you did mention he played well eleventh two weeks ago. He finished first year last year, fourth the year before. 
I think he'll be popular and Matsuyama will be popular because they're the two big course history guys in this range. And I can't fault anybody for playing Hideki. And this is a guy that regular listeners of the show, I get Hideki wrong all the time, but he's one of those GPP guys that, like you said, if he can get a hot putter, watch out because his, his tee to green game is usually pretty darn solid. There, there's he, a lot to play. Yeah. Even looking at the stats for the last couple of years, you don't have to have a hot putter to win here. It, to me, it's always been about tee to green and approach. Um, it's, it's not always – uh, 20 under or better that wins if it's if it's somewhere between 12 and 16 mm-hmm. um, it's a course that he can win at and, and so I think that kind of lends me to gravitate toward him more yeah it's a good point about the putting because we'll get to Benny On's course history so obviously putting is not important but um, Hideki for sure and, and you mentioned par 5 scoring Hideki sneaky good uh, you know ball striker when it comes to getting to those par 5s and 2 are real easy and 3 type deals so I don't mind Hideki at all I think he's really good at 10,000 uh, Brooks, I wanted to play him so bad the week he uh, took off from the Travelers. I was all aboard the Brooks Kepka wagon. He's confident again. He looked good. Uh, I like the aggressiveness. When he's, when he's trying to do stupid things, that's when he knows he's comfortable. And that's I'm a big fan of when Brooks is in that. He was – well, I'm not going to go there. But, yes, I'm a big fan of Brooks. So, I think Brooks is a sneaky one. He'll go low-owned, I think, in this range. But Xander always goes low-owned. I, I like the Xander call quite a bit. Uh, JT is going to be popular because people love JT. I think the low-owned plays here are Xander and Rom. I think no one's going to pay for Rom. They're going to pay for Cantley or, or Thomas. And uh, outside of that 37th a couple of weeks ago, before that, Rom was just a uh, – well, he struggled since we came back to golf. But prior yeah. to that, was on fire. So um, he could be another low-owned play. But I'm with you. Matsuyama and Xander are probably my top two plays in this range. All right, 9K range. We've only got a few golfers here. Justin Rose is going to be uber popular and for very good reason at $9,700. You got Victor Hovland at 95, Morikawa at 92, coming off his first missed cut. Ricky Fowler at 9,000, another interesting course history guy. Who do you like in this 9K range? Obviously, I'm a big Justin Rose guy. I play him a lot. He uh, he burned me with the missed cut a few weeks ago. Um, he's not overly high on my model. Hadn't been that spectacular since the return. Um, but I love Rose. His course history here has been great. Um and if I play anyone in this range at all, it would be Rose and Fowler. I, I'm not going to be on uh, Victor, even though his his tee to green approach has been so good. Um, I don't think he's missed an event since the, the restart. So probably maybe a, a touch of fatigue either this week or next week. So I'll probably be off him. But Rose has had five of six made cuts here since 2012, four of which are top tens in the 13th. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to play any cash at all, which I do play some, uh, it's starting with Rose, and, and you don't have to talk me into anyone else in this range. 100%. Uh, Rose is the cash game starter point. Uh, he burned me, too. I, I play him a ton because since we returned to golf, you know, obviously he missed that cut, but 14th and 3rd, and he hasn't been priced appropriately to me. He should be with the big boys in the 10K range. He continues to be in that 9K range where if you're playing cash, it's hard not to play Justin Rose. He's he's yeah. right there. I think he's a real solid play. And then Ricky's interesting. I saw Rick Run Good mention it. It's either like – Top 20s or like top 15s for rookies or missed cuts. That's what he's done over the last like 14 tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and, and it makes a lot of sense. 12th place last week. Uh, he's had really good course history the last three years, 14th, 8th, and 2nd here. So I think Ricky's a very interesting GPP play for sure. I don't I don't hate that at all. I want to ask you though, like Hovland, I, I can definitely see not jumping on with. But Morikawa took last week off, coming off that missed cut, you know, 54th the week or 64th the week before. Looked a little sketchy, but a second prior to that, we know he makes cuts. Do you just uh, you just staying away from calling in this range? I think so. You know, you, you talk about Ricky some, and he had three missed cuts before he did finish 14th, 8th, and 2nd. So he struggled early on. He's figured the place out. Um, 
and being a course history guy, Morikawa hasn't played here yet. Um, so I'd prefer to probably stay away. If I'm playing anyone in this range, it's Rose. Yep, I'm good with that. Let's head to the 8K range now where we got Sunjay down to 8900 bucks. I can't wait to see that ownership. People are just going to gravitate to that. Uh, Reed at 88, Leishman at 87, Speed at 86, Cooch 85, Neiman 84, Woodland 83, Hadwin 82, Wolf 81, and then Fitzpatrick and Bubba at 8000 This is one of those things, like I tell people for cash, you could almost just stay here if you want to. I really prefer having some rows in cash lineups, but this AK range is pretty interesting. Who stands out to you here? Well, this is the money range for sure right here. Um, obviously, Leishman, Kucher, uh, Neiman's played twice here, had two great showings. Uh, I've placed three bets so far. Um, Leishman and Neiman to win and a top ten that we'll talk about uh, in, in a little bit when, once we get further down the list. Uh, but you could you could build some great lineups here. It seems like a great course for Hadwin, who drives it straight, um, hits a bunch of greens. So I, I like Hadwin here. Um, I like Fitzpatrick. I like Bubba. Bubba's been good here. Um, so I mean, you could you could build so many lineups that start with three or four of these guys from this area. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Leishman's going to be. I've heard his name a ton, but the dude has made every cut here since uh, I think 2011, including a mm-hmm. fifth place last year. So. Pretty darn good. And he hasn't missed a year. So I say all the way through 2011, it's every season or every year. So that's pretty darn good. Um, coming off of 58 two weeks ago. So we got Leash coming in here. Kucher is always a very – he missed a cut here last year. But part of that made every cut all the way back to like 2008. And a yeah. lot of those were top fives and everything. So he's very, very viable as well. I do love the Neiman call, 27th and, and 6th the last two years. I'll go right back to Joaquin. Also a guy that – He's been playing pretty well on these bent courses of late. Usually not known for bent grass putting, but he's played well on those. The Hadwin call is very interesting. So get him lower owned, uh, you know, fairways, greens. He's very good at that. And then you said Fitzpatrick. That's a guy I love playing because no one plays him. No yeah. one plays Matthew Fitzpatrick. And when you want to talk about iron play, that's one of the better iron players in the world. So um, I, I really like Fitzpatrick at low ownership. You can have a lot of fun with that. But I'm with you. Um, the only other guy we didn't mention that I'm curious your thoughts on, because you mentioned how he burned people and, I go back to him every time because for 8800 bucks, Patrick Reed has four or four made cuts here. Didn't play here last year, but eighth place three years ago. Coming off that miscut last week, but prior to that 24th uh, miscut seventh, he just, his putter's been very, very up and down. But we know what Patty Reed can do. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I got smoked by him last week. He was uh, by far the, the golfer I owned the most last week. Um, he has not been great since the restart. There's something going on. Um, but I'll I'll be back on him this week. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I, you can't be, look. You can't be afraid to play someone that burned you. Otherwise, you'll never do all that great playing uh, playing DFS golf. That's for sure. Um, I'll be on Reed. There's there's something off. Um, but with the bigger names in the field, with with Kepka in the mix and and JT in the mix, maybe it's something that kind of lights a fire under him. And and I'll have a fair amount of Reed this week. Yeah, I think just, just something I, I like to bring him up and other guys when they miss the cut because, A, people usually just don't play Reed, period, and I've never understood that besides I know he can tilt people, but he's he's a legit like top 25 golfer, if not top 20 golfer, always priced in the 8K range. And he's coming off of his cut, so his ownership is even lower. So it's one of those just yeah. if you want to take some chalk somewhere else, you can put in a guy that legit you wouldn't be shocked if he top 10s or top 5s this week. He could miss the cut, but he an could it's pretty – don't play him in cash, but GPP, I could see a total fun play there. 
Now he's he's probably a better play this week than next week if the rough is getting bad because his yeah. driving has not been good. He's not he's not finding a whole lot of fairways. Um, so if you're going to play him one of these two weeks, go ahead and play him now. And that's a good point because that's what really got him. Because like I said, I've been playing him like every week. So when he was like in Harbor Town or uh, the Travelers or one of these these Pete Dye courses where there's trees everywhere, yeah, you see uh, on the, on the shot tracker. Uh, off the tee to the unknown or off the tee to the tree line. I'm like, eh, this is not good. This is not good. Punching out everywhere. So and one point. thing that, that really kind of struck my mind as we, as we talked about Bryson, the opening, um, I've noticed early on that a bunch of these guys that have been paired with Bryson since the restart have not played particularly well in the first two rounds. And Reed was paired with Bryson and Matt Siam in the first two rounds this past week. Matt, so you made a right on the number and, and Reed was never quite there. So I'm wondering if there's some kind of, factor that watching Bryson's getting to some of these guys, which, which could happen. Yeah. Um, so, so I may, I'm look trying to look now at who, uh, who Bryson's paired with. I'm sure he's a feature pairing. Bryson's, Bryson's not playing. Week. Yeah. He's not this week. So, but next um, week, next week he'll be in, but yeah, like I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, the week Phil made his run. It was Bryson, Phil and McElroy. And I swore I was like, Phil's going to miss the cut by like 40 because he's going to try to crush it with him. He got lucky, but then he just fell apart on the weekend. Yeah. But I think there is something to that, just trying to keep up with the show. Because there was even you know reports over the weekend where they'd be like 400 yards. The group in front of me like 400 yards away. And Bryson, who had the honors on the tee, would tell the other guy to tee up because he's going to yeah. <laughs> let He let Troy Merritt go first this weekend on, on a couple holes because he was like, I'm going to drive the green. So I'm going to wait. Yeah, that's crazy. Like Those are things you just – you know, etiquette of golf. Like I'm a ready golfer when I'm playing with the boys, but when you're playing tournaments or match play or something, there's etiquette to be played. And uh, it's very, very interesting. All right. 7,500 and above now. Now it starts to get fun. You got Benny on at 79 in that course history. I mentioned you got Usti, Mickelson, Scotty Scheffler off. Just you want to talk ultimate tilt for my OAD plus seven minus seven. That was so much fun. <laughs> oh my God. Kevin Strillman, Champ, Dahlman, Day, Connors, Kokrak, Sneds, Horschel, McNeely, Poulter, Barner. Lots you can do in this range. Um, what do you like in the seventy-five to seventy-nine hundred dollars range? There's not much, really. Obviously, Benny Ann's course history has been great. Uh, a guy who will probably get overlooked because of some of those big names is Streelman, who's had very good course history here. Um, Streels has been really, really good here. Um, he missed the cut 2012, 13, and 14. And since then, he's gone 18th, 8th, 33rd, 44th, and 4th. Um, so five straight made cuts for a guy who's lumped in with the names of Mickelson, Oosthuizen, um, Day, who is uh, very familiar with the golf course. Um, so I'll, if I play much in this range, it'll be Strillman. Yeah, Strillman, he is just sandwiched in there. And, you know, Streels is a guy that I always feel like does well on kind of shorter courses or birdie, birdie fest almost where it's kind of a pitch and putt. So it's interesting to see how successful he's been at this event. That's uh, that's good to see there for sure. Uh, Benny on will be popular 17th, 2nd, 25th, 11th the last four years. Like it's, I, I've always said I, I like Benny on in GPPs, but I will never play a chalky Benny on. So that's one to watch ownership on because I, I see the appeal and the upside there. Same time, do not play a chalky Benny on. It's not happening. I, I'm going to really look at fan share on Wednesday, and I want a low-owned Scotty Scheffler. I really do. Like I'm with you. I, I I don't. I'm a course history guy. He's never played it before. He's coming off a miscut. Come a couple of miscuts, but I know on a GPP the way he could score. He, he did it on Friday. I don't know what the heck happened on Thursday, but he he's intriguing to me for sure. And then um, it's seventy five hundred bucks. Mad McNeely is a guy I keep going back to time and time again. He's a cut making machine that can make birdies. 
And then Poulter's interesting as well. Neither um, Poulter hasn't played here since like 2009 or eight, yeah. but uh, he's always interesting to me. And Mav at 75 or two cheapies, I, I don't mind at all. Yeah, I've Damon heard- and uh, Mav haven't played here at all. But but I think another guy we're missing out on is Horschel. Yeah, typically a relatively lone guy who uh, has done okay here, and it seems like of course that could be good for him. Uh, I'm going to ask you about Cam Champ. He missed the cut here last year. Obviously, came back on like Wednesday evening to make the, the field because of all the testing. Finished 12th. He's one of those guys that if he's driving it accurately, really has an advantage in the field. That's an if at times. Do you see any appeal to play a Cam Champ? Obviously, you know, missing cut here last year. Yeah, maybe a little bit. You know, he's probably going to go low owned. He he's Bryson without having to go at it like Bryson does. You know, Cam Champ. He's a low launch for the golf ball. He doesn't spin it very much, and he flies the ball a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he's hitting it straight, like you said, and hitting fairways, then he's he's got a wedge fest. And if his wedges are any good, he can contend. Yep, no we doubt saw about that it. Last weekend, uh, seventy-four to seven thousand, the lower seven k range. This is where, like you said, if you can find some guys down here, and or even in the six k when we get there, this is where you can get different. Uh, who stands out to you in the low sevens? Well, obviously, Ryan Armour's been playing some damn good golf. He's had some decent success here. Um, Shane Lowry's another name. that he, I think he's played here maybe once, but it, it seems like a golf course that could could suit him pretty well. Um, Stallings is playing some good golf. I will go back to Chris Kirk. I had a fair amount of him last week. Um, just an incredible story, you know, go through what he went through and, and come back and win and then play well this past weekend. He did not look good playing with Webb, and he, he wasn't all that great. We didn't see much of him on Sunday. Um, but fairly up and down on the weekend. So just one of those guys you need to make the cut and, and kind of be around the mix uh, late Sunday. Ryan Palmer has not much course history here, but I think it's a course that could suit him pretty well. Um, other than that, uh, there's there's one name. It's 7,100. Uh, Max Homa that I placed a top 10 bet on. He's number one in my model as I look at some of this stuff. So, I'm gravitating pretty big towards Max Homa, and, and I will have a fair amount of Max this week. Yeah, Max is a fun one. Um, Seventy-one hundred bucks for a guy that he's kind of a—he a, doesn't hit it as far as Cam Champ. He's for some reason when I watch him play golf, he reminds me of like a Cam Champ light. Like there's a lot of similarities there with him. It's if if either one of them are hitting it in the fairway, then they can really do some damage. And I know that's what you can say for a lot of professional golfers. I know it's pretty simple. But Homa can put up birdies in bunches if he's staying out of trouble. So I think that's a very interesting one for 7,100. Armor at 74, I'm all over that again. I've been uh, calling him out on the show for about the last three weeks, and he just keeps doing better and better, and the price keeps going up. So uh, Armor at 74, another guy I like. Hubbard, if you're looking for a birdie GPP play, uh, I've mentioned him a lot, but he was a lot cheaper before. Up to 74, it gets a little different with Mark Hubbard. Hasn't played here in three years, missed the cut four years ago, but coming in in really good form. If you want to get weird in a GPP, a guy that's finished ninth, 23rd, 40th, and 11th the last four years, finished 39th last week's Emiliano Grio. If we're talking about not worrying about putting, Grio's a yeah. an iron player. <laughs> like, it, it's one of those guys I always struggle picking the Grio button, but it's kind of lining up this week, so maybe I should just stay away is what it comes down to. But he's one of those guys, if you don't have to worry about putting, Grio can definitely stand out there. And then Brian Stewart at 61, another guy with great course history, made five straight cuts here. Not high finishes, but a cut maker at 71, coming off a 30th and a 20th the last two weeks is a guy I, I can uh, look at as well. Um, I know there's a guy you've been on recently. He's been a very popular name around the industry. Finished 39th last week, 8th the week before. Decent course history. you have any thoughts on Scott Stallings at 7300 bucks? 
Yeah, I do have some some thoughts on Stallings, and and I will play him obviously in some of my uh, my multiple entry events. But he's uh, he's been good here. He's had five five uh, showings here at Jack's place. He's missed the cut once. He was fourth in 2013, which is obviously several years ago. But uh, but with his recent form, he can easily finish top ten again. And uh, so Scott Stallings is is a guy that if you're building multiple entries, he should definitely come to your mind. Okay, that's kind of a thought I had with him. Him and Siwoo are kind of low-owned guys that have played well here, can be very tilting golfers, but also have that upside that I could see being in multi-entry options. Yeah, and Bud Colley as well, really. He's a Mm -hmm. guy at that lower end that that, um, is pretty good. Tee to green approach, he's he's right up there with some of the best players in the world. Yeah, I like Bud Colley a lot. I just want to find out, didn't play last week, withdrew the week before. So I want to know what's going on with Bud. But yeah. if he's in the field, you'd have to imagine he's doing well. That's what I always tell myself until we hear otherwise. They're not all Kevin Naw, So we have, to, <laughs> we have to assume that they're okay. Uh, let's get into that 6K range where this can get uh, real fun. There's one super cheap guy that's just too cheap for my liking. But what are some of the guys here in the 6K range that stand out to you? Uh, Duff Daddy's been pretty good here. I like Duffner. Um, not sure what you're thinking here, but but Duff Daddy's good. I do like a little bit of Nick Taylor this week. I don't know why, but it, it just kind of kind of comes to mind. Um, other than that, I probably won't play many guys here. May, there's a name Hendrick Norlander that that played pretty well last week that I do like some. Um, so I'll probably have some Hendrick Norlander uh, and maybe a little bit of Taylor Gooch. But other than that, I'm probably not going to be in this range very much. I do try to avoid the 6K range. That's for sure. I'm with you there. But if you have to dig deep, uh, Duffner's interesting. That's one of Jesse's like weekly because he just stays in the 6K range. Like Duffner yeah. doesn't move. You mentioned the good course history here. So he's got some upside. Another guy at the same price range, 6800 bucks, Richie Warwinski. He's never played here, but coming in in really good form. He's made all four cuts since things came back. So 6800 bucks. He's interesting. I love the Norlander call at 65. I had him down as an option. Someone playing really well. And then if you just need to go YOLO, if you're like, putting 20 plus lineups in and you want some just cheapies to go with some expensive guys and you just want guys to make the cut per se steve stricker playing really good golf actually and he's played well here he's 6300 bucks um he's made four five six he's eight for eight on made cuts or made cuts here 22nd last year so strick at 63 is interesting um stroud chris stroud another one at 63 could be interesting but the one that's too cheap for me He's returning from his COVID IL, and that is Nick <laughs> Watney at $6,100. 22nd yeah. and 57th the last two years. He's made four straight cuts here before three missed cuts. Uh, $6,100 for Nick Watney, that does not sit right with me. So if um, you want to roll those dice, I think Watney at 61 is way too cheap. Yeah, that's that's a good call there. I didn't uh, didn't think much about Nick, but um, I was afraid he'd probably give COVID to the guys in my lineup, so I'll stay away. <laughs> but Maybe there's a chance to sneak him in a couple of them. Yeah, that, that is always the concern with what's going on right now. We don't know what the heck is going to happen. So <laughs> it's uh, that's one of those. But for 6,100, if you want to go like two big boys, I could see the appeal. That's all I know. I was um, really disappointed because I, I was I was going to, you know, kind of lead the whole thing off with just like Arnold Palmer week is Matt every week. Memorial week is David Lingmurth week, but he's not in the field. Maybe uh, maybe he gets in next week probably because of like, um, you know, past history and stuff. I, mean, I couldn't imagine that he doesn't he doesn't get in the 150 plus player field, but they get him in the 120 player field. Yeah, that, you're probably right. You're probably 100 right there. Uh, <laughs> in the uh, the YouTube chat here, Dominic Walton asks, and um, I'm not on him this week. I know in the Slack chat he's been mentioned. Kevin, do you have any thoughts on uh, Furyk this week? Uh, not much yet. I know he's at the top. Was he 6900? 
Yeah, he's in the, the high sixes. I know that much. I, I wasn't on him, but uh, I know some people are asking. I mean, he's he's up there in the, in in the model and, and looking at some of his numbers. Um, I just don't see much interest in playing Furyk. I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not there right now. I know uh, Dire Work was talking about him, so maybe there's some more in the chat that guys can help you with. Uh, Pat Bain just asked Kevin, "What's your thoughts on?" We just kind of mentioned some lower 6K guys that you can maybe, if you want to get weird in, in a multi-entry. He's asking if this week you could double down on 10K guys and go with some low 7, 6K guys. Do you think that's contrarian this week, or do you think the um, it's going to be more contrarian to be balanced this week? I think it depends on who you go with. Um, if you go with with Matsuyama and, and Cantlay, then you'd have to get really weird down at the bottom, I think. But if you went, if you went with maybe Rom and X – Maybe you don't have to be so weird down at the bottom. I, I do think as much as we all like Hideki, he's probably going to be one of the most, if not the most, owned this week across all events, right? I mean, you've got to figure, if, if you can find a way to start a lineup with Hideki and Rose, that you're going to feel like you've got a damn good lineup, but so do 75% of the people that enter the same contest you do. Yeah, no, he's going to be uh, very, very popular. Like I'll pull up right now the fan share. Usually I wait till either late Tuesday or early Wednesday to look at ownership. But the early – oh, see, it's not even out here yet, so that's, that, that works. I was going to try to see what Hideki's uh, projected ownership is, but he's going to be darn popular, like you said, something to definitely keep in mind there. Uh, let's do a, a – oh, we have a special guest chiming in, Kevin. Uh, Jesse McHugh, some may know him <laughs> as DFS Golf Gods ass. He should be on the beach drinking right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't He asked, well, why don't you make a lineup for me this week? Thanks in advance. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, let's recap uh, the, the DK real quick, and I'll get to your next question, Pat, in a second. But uh, in the 10K and above, who's your one guy if you're going up there? One guy, it's got to be Hideki. I, I'm not really concerned how high-owned high he is. I, I've got to have some Hideki, kind of like, like Bryson last week because he was the best player in the field. Now, not to say Hideki's the best player in the field this week, but after seeing his finish last weekend and his course history, it's Hideki for me. All right, yeah. I think Hideki's great. If I'm going to pivot off of Hideki, I'll go with I'll go with the X-Men. I'll go Xander there and get different. Um, if we're looking at the 9K range, I think we're both consensus. Rose is our guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems like makes too much sense. Uh, in the 8K range, who are two of your, who are your top two 8K guys? He's probably going to be too too much owned for my liking, but Joaquin and uh, and something a little different. I'll go Bubba. Uh, Bubba will be very different. So that's a good one. Joaquin's nice. I'll go different here. I'll go. I'll go with the Cooch and I'll go Fitzpatrick. I'll go with those two guys that, that I'm, I'm definitely in on right now. Pretty um, damn good way to start a cash lineup. That's what I'm saying. It's AK range. That's what I've been doing most weeks. Like you could legit go Coocher, Neiman, Fitzpatrick, and. You know, Hadwin even or like and that's four guys right there. Throw in Rose and get like a seven k like mid sevens guy and you're you're good. Yeah. So you guys have fun with that. If we're looking at a seventy five to seventy nine hundred dollar range, who's your one play? One play, it'll be Streelman. Yeah, uh, Streelman's very solid. I'll go McNeely. Um, I want to say Scheffler, but I got I got to really really forget some things that took place last Thursday first. Um, yeah, but don't forget Friday. That's his last nice competitive round. That's better than this Thursday. See, I, he's a guy. I don't. I don't want to revisit it. I had so many things in my head from that one. Uh, Seven thousand to seventy four hundred bucks. Uh, give me two guys down there so we can get get weird. Um, a little weird. I, I like Shane Lowry, and if I wasn't going um, armor, 
I, I like some Russell Henley this week. You'll get some definite low ownership there. I like that quite a bit. Um, I'll say Armor, and I'll get weird with Grio. We'll go with some Grio here. Um, that's definitely one we'll take a look at. Uh, 6K, who's your top 6K punt? Uh, probably not much of a punt, but Duffner, because I, I think he'll be fairly fairly high-owned in this range. But um, if not Duffner, um, probably a little Nick Taylor. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Norlander and Watney, two guys I can take a peek at for sure. Um, Dominic gives a lineup here. Get, let's let's give him his, our thoughts on this. Matsuyama, Cantlay, Furick, Stallings, Grio, and Scheffler gives you $200 left over. <laughs> it's pretty good. In a GPT <laughs> lineup. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you could definitely have some fun with that. Um, I think that's all the questions. Or, uh, oh no, he um, he's he took Furyk out and put Duff Daddy in. So, okay. Yeah. I well, like if, if he wants to be lower owned, then I'd, I'd go with Furyk. I believe. True. True. But it's a good building block. You got uh, about uh, fifty hours or so to to figure out where you want to pivot there. So that, and that's, that's the hard true. part, right? Is as good as all these shows are on Monday, it's like, man, it's so early to do this stuff. It's, it's great to kind of lay the foundation, the groundwork. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're really building all your laps before mid to late afternoon on Wednesday, then you're, you're probably selling yourself a little bit short. Yeah, no, that's a great point. When I usually I'll do the work like tonight, like this, and kind of give me a, a idea of the playing the field. I'll look at ownership. I'll do all that kind of stuff, and then I usually wait till about six o'clock, seven o'clock on Wednesday night, just kind of sit back and, and do them stuff like that. But I only do so, three. <laughs> how early you been getting up on the, uh, the West coast to make sure you guys have an WD. Uh, I've, been, I've been up first thing every, every Thursday morning, making sure that my guys are still playing. It's annoying. Um, I, 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 I take a quote unquote bathroom break at about uh, two in the morning to go see what's going on. Cause <laughs> early two times. And that's why I love when it's like West coast or Hawaii. I'm in heaven. It's glorious. Yeah. yeah. But uh, What yeah. about the baby swag? You got some baby swag this week. So you, you need to let us know the top two or three guys that, uh, that everyone should be playing because you're about to have your little one. Yeah. We'll have to make sure the little one gets here first. Maybe I'll have to save it for next week. Maybe she's going to be stubborn and wait, but uh, yeah. I'm with you there. They'll have to come to the Slack chat for that free Slack go. chat. And we'll, we'll, we'll give it all right there for sure. Sounds um, good. All right. We, we do our little section here. Where we go over, our top three GPP plays, top three cash plays for the week. And this is, again, subject to change as things go. But if you're starting out your first GPP lineup, Kevin, who are the three guys you're looking to start with? So GPP, like I said all along, I'm going Matsuyama no matter what. I feel like he's going to you know, have a good chance to finish top five, probably, probably win the thing. Um, GPP, I'll probably also throw some Bubba in there. And then Max Homa. Yeah, that's a solid GPP start. Uh, I like that quite a bit. Um, I'd go with Hideki as well. The Hideki bot would be in my lineup. I would, uh, if I'm going GPP, I would go back to uh, to Scotty Scheffler and I'll go Emiliano Grio. Let's just go for broke right there. All three there of them. Go. Uh, if you're starting a cash lineup out, who are the three guys you're starting with? So cash lineup, I'd probably start fairly heavy. I'd still go Matt's. I'd go Rose and I'd go Streelman. I like it's that. It's not going to leave me much money, but I can find a way to make it work. Oh, you can definitely find a way to make that work. Um, especially with some of the, the lower guys you mentioned that we can, we can play with. Um, I would start with Rose for sure. That would be one. I want to say Kucher for two and Neiman for three. Those would be my three to uh, to start with. But uh, I like your Hideki because, man, he seems too, too locked in to make that work. I, uh, it's tough to pass up on the Hideki bot. 
All right. You mentioned you got three picks already this week. Um, who are you looking to win this thing? Who's your ear? Obviously, not one and done just yet, but who do you like to win this thing? Yeah, so I've already bet Neiman and Leishman. Um, I've looked at a few others. I, I love Cooch. Um, I'll, I'll probably be on Cooch and probably Rose as well. Yeah, Cooch, he's going to have to have a good number here because unless I went right by him. Oh, he's at 40 to 1. That's really darn solid. And who else? Uh, Rosie's 22. Yeah, Cooch at 40. That's that's not bad. Um, you, you, you'd make a lot of picks. You do head-to-heads. You do stuff like that. Do you prefer to do just uh, picks to win? or Because like I, I sit here and I look at these odds going, I'd rather go down to some of these value guys. Like You got Homa. Give me like a top 20 on Homa. Um, I look at like a Mad McNeely's 100 to 1. What's a top 20? Like, I, I like to kind of pick top 20 guys more than I think winners these days. Yeah, I think the top the top twenty and top ten bets the last few weeks have been a lot more fun to bet on than the to, to win because you've got a lot better chance of backdooring a top twenty or a top ten versus a win. I mean, you pretty much know right away if you've got a shot to win an event, and if you're drawing dead going into Sunday with one with one of your guys to win, it's not much fun. But if you have a chance for a guy, um, for instance, I had. I had a bet this week on um, McNeely to finish top 10, and he played great Sunday and, and got me in there. Yeah, Mav McNeely is a bad, bad man, so I like that quite a bit. Well, Kevin, I think that'll wrap us up for the night. Any final thoughts for this week, for upcoming weeks? Uh, we're definitely going to have you back on again, so uh, we'll, we'll make that work. But uh, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? No, I, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, how this place plays for two straight weeks. Um, you know, it's it's been interesting – not having fans, not having um, traffic around the golf course. So there's not a whole lot of up areas, you know, trampled down rough or instances like that. Um, so I think the second week of this thing could be pretty interesting if they let the rough grow and they kind of start letting the greens die out maybe uh, toward the end of this weekend and, and not water them very much. Um, but it's, it's, it's great to have golf back and, hope everyone's doing well. This, this stuff really, really sucks, but to have sports and, off of NASCAR, man. Without it, I'd uh, I'd be pretty miserable right now. And I'm not a NASCAR guy. Growing up in in the South for the last you know 20 years, um, I've always said driving left and turning left is just a waste of gas. But <laughs> now it's pretty relevant. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I can't remember what show I was on after like the first night race where I was like glued on a Wednesday night. I was glued to the TV. Oh. And I'm like. Like I, I've watched NASCAR, I've enjoyed NASCAR. I was enthralled. I'm like, we need something. This is what we need. We need something, and it's perfect. I had, hey, I had Hamlin last night, and I was sitting back here on the back patio, and I just went ape shit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's the beauty of it. When it gets wrecky, that gets interesting. Um, but uh, that's fun. Golf is great. Like you said, to have that back, it'll be fun to see as the week goes on, as they're kind of trying to keep it scorable this week, but grow it out for next week. How they keep that fine line with all the rain and everything that could come into play. That'll be a lot of fun, especially because you guys talk showdown and all that junk, uh, stuff in the chat, which could be very interesting when that goes uh, from, from time to time. But uh, it'll also be interesting to keep track of the weather. So everyone keep an eye on that as that could maybe, you know, stacking different waves and things along those lines will be something we'll, we'll be uh, keeping an eye on and talking about as well. But uh, until next time, Kevin, we'll do it again. But thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Jesse, hope you're uh, enjoying the beach. Yes, I think he is. He had to go to a family wedding. He's enjoying a little extra time, and uh, he'll be back next week with us. I might not. Maybe Kevin will join Jesse next week if I'm on Daddy TV. We'll see how that goes. But uh, until next time, you can find Kevin on Twitter at Kevin's Delight. Jesse's at DFS Golf Gods. 
I'm at BDN Trick. You guys uh, have a great week. Good luck, and we'll catch you guys later. Show, go.